Thank you for tuning into the Hope When There Was None podcast. And here we share stories to educate you, to empower you and inspire. So thank you for listening and tuning in. Please do me a favor and share if you have a favorite episode, or maybe you think somebody else that needs a dose of positivity and to maybe break open some of the darkness, let there be light. So thank you again for all of your support and encouragement. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, it's Melinda from Hope When There Was None. And yeah, this is totally unscheduled and I am coming on to discuss what the types of abuse are. Now, abuse can happen with anybody throughout the world. This can be happening to your friends in Australia, somebody in, uh, let's say, Mexico, somebody in the U.S., Wisconsin, whatever age, whatever background, whatever religious background you are from, it can happen to anyone. No. Nobody is immune. It does not discriminate. It's been happening for generations. There are people that have had uh, perhaps a grandfather, grandmother abuse, whether it's physical or perhaps they have been uh, pedophiles within your family. And it's something that might be secret. It might have gone on for generations and no one has been bold enough to go ahead and say, stop, we're not doing this again. So this is something that is an epidemic, at least in my opinion, and it's swept under the rug a lot. So there's a lot of shame and embarrassment from living in an abusive relationship in that household. Now, again, abuse is not just discriminatory, so it will affect maybe a co-worker. So you might go into work, there's a new boss, and this new boss is a total douchebag. I was going to say something else, but I'm cleaning it up. So this person might be really just a total jerk all the time. You could have a coworker that's just always irritating. You might see people at the local grocery store and they're maybe taking their kids, forcing them a little bit, um, maybe too roughly. They're handling their kids, throwing them in the carts or pulling them along. You see this, especially when your eyes get open to what abuse is, you then start seeing this. Now, sometimes we as humans have bad days and I get that, but you can tell the difference when somebody is a little bit more than they should be. And again, just use, don't call CPS on them because mom just had a bad day, new mother or something like that. But you know what? You just start getting those spidey senses and what's, is something off about that? Now, what are the types of abuse? Now, we know physical abuse. That is like the number one thing. But what do you think about when you think about physical abuse? What are you seeing? Are you just seeing somebody with a bloody nose, a black eye, fat lip? What are you envisioning when you think of physical abuse? Now, with physical abuse, now I'm going to go through all types of abuse, but just to, just to let you know, physical abuse is not just that black eye. Physical abuse could also be biting, hair pulling, shoving, pinching, strangulation. It could be tripping or burning, whether it's burning um, with a cigarette butt or burning, putting their hand on the mechas of the stove. Uh, or something like that, or on purpose with a knife, you know what I mean, uh, slapping, kicking, grabbing, using weapons or objects to harm a person, throwing things at you, driving rec recklessly, restraining you or blocking you from an exit or from calling for somebody, maybe for help. Now, it's all about power, and abuse can be, you, you'll see that in politics a lot, okay, that's all I'm going to say about that. And also, there's substance abuses, whether it's alcohol or drugs, there's cyber abuse, elder abuse, there's emotional abuse, mental abuse, now there's a lot, see, there's a lot that goes on. There's sexual abuse, there's teen dating violence, financial abuse, and verbal abuse. 
Now again, with all of these, a person is trying to gain control of you. This could be a generational thing. I'm not making excuses for the person because you know what? All in all, this person has free will. We ha all have free will and we can make that decision. Okay, maybe I was abused as a child, but I'm not going to do that to my children or I'm not going to do that to Joe at work because I had a bad day. You know, my I was treated poorly as a child. I'm not going to do that. So you can make a conscious decision not to harm a person. Maybe I've been a new mom. I've been a new parent. You need to walk away from that child for a minute because they're colicky or they just don't want to eat or they're just being belligerent. They're doing a tantrum in the store. You might need to step away for a minute. You might just need to breathe. I've given many new moms in, in the stores just a hug. I've asked them, hey, can you look like you need a hug? But this person, let's go back here. Let me rein it back in. So this abusive person. So what do you? How do you know if you're in an abusive situation? And I could go through each of these, what they all look like. But I think I'll do that in another time. This person can be again. It could be your mom. It could be your dad. It could be an intimate partner. It could be your best friend or who's supposed to be your best friend, and so on and so on. This person calls you name. They names. They insult you. They put you down. And sometimes they'll do that in a crowd. Like if you're in a family gathering or maybe a gathering of friends, they will put you down, make you the butt of the joke. They can, and of course they're going to tell you that you're blowing things out of proportion. They can prevent you from going to work or to school isolate you so you stop seeing your friends, your family members. They can control how you spend your money, where you go, what you wear. They might be very possessive or jealous, accusing you constantly of being unfaithful. They can get angry when using substances, threaten you with violence or weapons or objects. Again, with that physical violence, it can hit you, choke you, slap you. And if it's not you, maybe it's your children or your fur babies. So they can use that isolation in order to control you. They can limit that outside environment. They can justify their actions, by the way, with all of these things. They can destroy your support system. So maybe your family doesn't start to believe you because they are sprinkling these other things in to make it seem like you are the abuser or that maybe you're telling some lies. They can make light of the abuse. Again, just telling you that you're blowing things out of proportion deny the abuse shifting that blame to you that you know what you're we're drinking too you kind of called me names there they can also threaten to file charges against you you know what you've been withholding um visitation from me i'm going to call the police so the kids are taken away from you or it was your fault too you raised your voice you got me mad these are kinds of things that they can use against you and of course they can use those looks if looks could kill, have you ever heard that saying? Gestures or actions. You usually know when a person's very angry with you. And like I knew for a fact when my mother called me by Melinda Jeanette Catherine Campos, I knew I was in trouble. I knew when she called me all by my names, I was in trouble. So this person can use that look against you. They can use those gestures. You can always tell when a person's a little agitated, even if it's not an abusive person, you could tell when someone's a little bit agitated. This person can go ahead and maybe threaten to expose a secret. Perhaps you are a LGBTQ and you haven't came out yet. Or maybe you're in that relationship with this person and they're threatening to tell your work. 
your place of work or your family. You haven't came out yet. This is things that they can use against you. And of course, they can use your children if you have children as to start putting a wedge between you and your kids where they'll do something called parental alienation, which your kids might just turn against you. And it was a long time before I actually had a relationship with my son, my eldest son, but now we're reestablishing that now that he's out of dad's home. Okay. But they can use that visitation, the planning of the visitation to harass you. They can do that, especially with the holidays. They can be, well, you know, Christmas, or now that we have Halloween coming up, Halloween's coming up, and I really want to take the kids trick-or-treating, why won't you let me, and if I want to do that, or I want to go with you, or they just make it such a big hassle. They can use your children to relay those messages to you. Maybe you have an order of protection, and so you can't talk to dad or mom, or whoever this is, so they start using your children as a go-between, or they might start texting the kids, hey, tell your mom this, or something like that, and they might even threaten to harm your children. Now, they can treat you like a servant, make decisions without asking you, even financial decisions, or doing this as a family or a couple. You're just not included as well. They might treat you like they're their owner and master, especially when we have submission in the religious world there. They can make that submission seem like they, they're going to twist the Bible to be that, uh, to fit their view of how you are supposed to be that Proverbs woman or whatever. They'll twist that doctrine. They'll twist those verses in order to fit their very evil needs. Now, they might be the one to define and even enforce those roles with you and expect you to obey like a child. I had an eight o'clock bedtime when I was married. Eight o'clock, y'all. I had an eight o'clock bedtime. I had to make sure I was showered. I had to make sure that I was in bed by eight o'clock. Not necessarily that we went to bed, but I had to be in there. The kids could stay up as long as they went. I've shared this before, but I had to have that eight o'clock bedtime. And it's it embarrassed me when I first mentioned that out loud. And now it doesn't embarrass me. It kind of makes me mad that that he had that much control over me. Now, this person can also use threats or coercion. They can threaten to leave. And you might be like, oh, please don't leave. I did this. I did this. They threaten to harm themselves if you leave. They might threaten other family members, again, the children, your pets if you leave, threaten to report you, again, to the police, maybe CPS, in order to control you. Now, they might force you into doing sexual activities that you're not happy about, that you don't want to do. They can do this against your will. There's rape as well, marital rape. They can blame you. They might even tell you, you know, you need to do your wifely duties. Maybe you're sick. Maybe this, that, or the other. But they're going to enforce that doctrine on you with the Bible. Now, blames you for violent or let's say they do something, their actions that are violent, they're going to blame that on you and say that it's your fault. Maybe you made them do this. They can say that that violence or even that rape, that sexual violence, you're married. It's mutual. She's doing what she's supposed to do. What you make you feel guilty for not wanting to have sex with that person. They can de depict this abuse as part of a um, sadomasochism, BDSM, that sort of thing. Again, they can threaten to tell your friends and family, maybe say that it's you that are forcing them to take drugs and alcohol, that they've been on the wagon, they've been really good and clean, and then you tempted them with that drugs and alcohol. There can be those mind games, calling you names, saying that you're crazy, making you feel really guilty, using humiliation. These are things that this person can do to you. I don't know if any of this sparks 
anything within you? Is this something that you can relate to at all? By all means, place it in the comment section. This isn't normal. I just want you, whoever is hearing this right now, this is not normal behavior. This is not a normal relationship. You shouldn't fear coming home to a person. You shouldn't have that that sick feeling in your stomach, maybe a tightening in your neck and your shoulders when you know that person's coming home. That's not what a normal relationship is. Even if it's between a family member and yourself or going to work, you shouldn't have that feeling in the pit of your stomach. And if you do, you need help. You need an organization. Maybe you don't know where to turn to. By all means, please message me privately. There are some great organizations out there. There's the hotline.org. There is um, Safe Horizon. There are different organizations. There is domesticviolence.org, domesticshelters.org, where you can find a shelter near you. And I'm going to get into shelters again. I did have somebody come out and talk about that, but I want to touch base on shelters again sometime very soon. So this is Melinda. I'm going to sign on off. Now, I did say I was going to be free in November, but I don't know. There, there's been some messages that I've had recently that have been private that um, might me, it might have me revisit that. So I'm going to sign off. I'll be back here tomorrow for a Soulful Sunday. This is just an impromptu because we're coming to the end of October, but... There's a lot more information that needs to be shared because there are people out there that might not have heard it when I did it a year ago, six months ago, two years ago, that need to hear this now. So this is, again, Melinda signing off for real this time. You can find this podcast as well on Anchor or wherever your favorite listening platform is. Have a great rest of your night. And if you're going out trick-or-treating tomorrow, stay safe. Bye.